Well, it's so good to have everyone here and to just really be able to spend some time hanging out with each other and getting to know some new faces and just to really encourage each other. I was just uh, in worship and it was just that whole, sometimes, well, we, we know, don't we, that our hearts as women are different to men's. And it was just one of those things that came to me during worship again, <laughs> that actually God made us the way we are. And there's a reason for that, isn't there? And the, although we think that we should be strong and we often think of strength as in men and their strength and their big arms and, you know, they can move stuff and lift stuff that we might not be able to do, we have such a strength in the women's heart that doesn't compare, I'm afraid. Um, I know I've left it and there's only one man standing in the room, but actually our hearts are very different from men's hearts. And I think we should embrace that fact because we are so different. God uses that difference uh, within the church and within life. And I think that's really important to embrace the fact that we are different and to use those promptings of our hearts because we've uh, got some sensitive hearts. We can read things, we can see things. Um, our hearts lead us in directions that we didn't think we'd ever be. Um, so God wants us to use our hearts um, for the community that we live in because as Sarah said it's those small things those small little listings that we do and at one point we think we're not doing much but hey look at the effect that it had on Sarah that whole it changed her life that day when somebody came down to the basement and we don't know what we're reaping we just sow and I think that's really important to remember that as women we are sowing all the time some really good stuff and um, we shouldn't knock ourselves down but we should actually embrace that that is our strength the other strength that we have is prayer you know we ha we pray for our families we pray for things that are on our heart uh, it's, it's that heart connection with God again of actually knowing what he wants us to pray for and so be really open and expectant because God is on the move in women and he really wants us to be in touch with what he's calling us to be in our communities and in our families. Um, and he's, he's changing us. He's changing us and that's a really cool thing. Uh, and we're going to embrace that. So getting on to something else I've been, um, been given, I believe, to really encourage you this morning but we all have difficult times that we face in life, struggles. Um, life is just generally hard, isn't it, sometimes? And we, we expect sometimes that it's actually um, going to be easy. And particularly when you come as a Christian, you sometimes think, okay, well, I've got God. Life's going to be a breeze now. But hey, no, that's not it. That doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that it's going to be a breeze. Um, so we all can think in our hearts, yes, we've all had something that we found difficult in life and we acknowledge that. But hard stuff comes in many forms, doesn't it? Because we're all unique. We all have different ways of interpreting situations that we go through um, and God has made us in, um, to have different characters and to um, have different life experiences that make us the people we are today. And so therefore we always react differently. So how one person responds to one situation is completely different from another. Um, so, but we're there to support each other through those difficult things. Um, 
the thing is, life is, um, our experiences are different, our character and our makeup is really different, but the thing is, God loves us. I love that story in the kids' books that says, I love you to the moon and back. And you know, God loves us thousands of those trips to the moon and back because we're so special to him. Um, and it's so important to remember that. Sometimes though, when we're, we're going through hard stuff, we feel like the odds are stacked against us and life is really um, not going well and that there's not breakthrough coming. Um, and that can really make us feel quite low sometimes and even questioning, like Sarah said in her testimony, you know, where are you, God, in all this? What's happening? I, don't, I don't, didn't want this to happen, but you've allowed it to happen, um, but I just don't see you in it. Um, when we're in these situations, as we heard from Sarah, it's just so good to know that although she took a little while to get that connection back with God, that if we don't have faith to come back to God or to draw from God, then where are we? It's, uh, we, we feel a bit forlorn, really. Um, if we don't relate, we only relate to God when he removes things or he gives us things that are easy, life's a bit comfortable, really, isn't it? Um, and there's some cultures um, that really embrace change and really embrace the fact that difficult times are good. Now, I'm not part of that culture. <laughs> I don't find difficult times easy, and I don't embrace it in the same way that I say, oh, goody. <laughs> but actually, and so I'm probably part of the culture that shies away a bit and says, oh, you know, I feel shy and I feel weak. Um, we pray for difficult, we may pray for difficult times to end, but actually our Father uses these times to draw us close to him and to change us, to be more like him. So Jesus, though, is calling us to be overcomers. Knowing him in difficult times is a strength, and he gives us courage to carry on and fulfill the calling in our lives. The Bible talks about how... Oh, it doesn't talk... Sorry. The Bible doesn't call Christians avoiders. We can't avoid these things that come into our life, but it calls us overcomers. I've just got a couple of scriptures here. They will fight against you, but you will not overcome you, for I am with you, declares the Lord. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes in Jesus. <coughs> I've been reading through the book of Joshua and it's reminded me of the type of movies my husband likes. <laughs> so there's a lot of battles, a lot of uh, conquering of land, which resulted in what he would call a high body count. So there was a high body count. <laughs> there's a lot of um, things that actually meant that a high body count refers to a lot of killing and a lot of enemy heads being cut off. Um, and this was making a statement in Joshua's time to other uh, surrounding nations that actually um, we're here and we're going to be causing a bit of trouble in your land. Look what's been going on. Um, but it was quite a calling on Joshua's life to lead the Israelite people um, in claiming the promised land. And there's several points that spoke to me through this gory book. 
um, which I believe is going to help us, as it did Joshua. So a bit of history first. Joshua was born in Egypt, um, into slavery, so he could have seen he would have seen his parents as slaves, um, and the pain and suffering that slavery brought um, on his people at that time. Joshua and his people were led by God through Moses out of slavery and into the desert. His lifestyle changed and he was then part of a nomadic people. But his people were then free. He was no longer under the fear of slavery. And there may be some people here today that feel like they're living in slavery still to their old life, to addictions, to violent relationships, to financial debt, to things of darkness and of the world. But God wants you to know freedom and healing for your, from your old life. Why? Because he loves us because he loves each one of you, um, and he sees that the fear only holds us back, stopping us from moving forward, um, stopping us when we're hurting and it's crippling us. So we can't be the strong overcomers that, of the women that he's called us to be. He actually really wants us to be free from all that stuff um, so that we can be the people he's called us to be. So Joshua then lived nomadically in the desert where the Israelites were taught about a relationship with God, how to listen, how to live a simple life and be obedient to him. I encourage you to read the story. It, it, was a, it wasn't an easy life and it wasn't always a happy ending. And many times the people, the Israelite people were anxious and discontented, unhappy with the plans that God was revealing God had told some of the Israelite people that they weren't actually going to enter the promised land because they hadn't listened to him and they hadn't followed his promises. So for before um, Joshua could take them into the promised land, Moses was leading them. And so they were being led for 40 years in the desert before they actually got to the promised land. They had to wait for people to die before they reached the promised land. Um, so that was quite a, a big thing. And in a sense, you think, well, actually, the Israelites, you knew your fate, as it were, because you were told that you had 40 years in the desert. But yet, um, there was still a lot of moaning. There was still a lot of dissatisfaction with life, um, complaining about the future. And in fact, you know, it reminded me of me sometimes that I get very dissatisfied with what I'm expecting out of life or my expectation changes. And why isn't this happening? And why is that not happening? So it made me feel very much like the Israelite people. Um, Joshua was growing up with Moses, so he, they came across each other's paths, paths um, when um, he was about 40. Um, and he was recognized, Joshua was recognized for his spiritual strength, the fact that he listened and obeyed God. So he was a nominated leader to take over from Moses. Um, but it was funny because, in a sense, although it might have been recognized as, yes, that's the man, he's definitely going to be following on from Joshua. At the start of Joshua, God spoke to him three times about being strong and courageous. So if something is said three times, you would think there was a message in that. And maybe, therefore, we need to hear the message too, because that might help us. So the first, be strong and courageous, because you will lead the people to inherit the land. God had to reinforce with Joshua right at the start his calling. 
He's right at the start. He was there saying, I'm going to be with you through difficult times. You've got to be strong and courageous because you're going to lead the people into the promised land. But before that, he also said, I will give you every place where you stand, where you set your foot, I will give it to you. And then again, he gave him another word. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, for I am calling you. So these three verses really affirmed to Joshua that he wasn't alone and he was going to um, really know God's presence with him. His new job was to lead the people and conquer seven nations to take them into the promised land. So he had quite a calling on his life right from that start. Um, sometimes for us to be strong and courageous, we need to remember, like Joshua had to be reminded, that God has given us words, he's given us dreams, he's given us prophetic words and promises that in difficult times we might need to turn to these, we might need to draw from these, we might need to get them out of the cupboard, dust off the book, another good reason to write them down, because actually they're part of the toolkit that God's given us. Some of the things that he puts before us before difficult times is actually part of your training and toolkit to draw from when a difficult time hits. So having those prophecies there, having that, those words there, are part of the plan um, that he's, he's got for each of us. Um, <coughs> when things are difficult, it's just good to know that main promise that I am with you, isn't it? I am with you. Um, I'm going to take you into the promised land. So it's good to know these things and be, have that reinforced to us. The second um, promise was be strong and very courageous this time in obeying God's law and do not turn from left or to right so that you will be successful wherever you go. God was reminding Joshua that success was found in walking closely with him and meditating on the word. It wasn't the success that might be valued in the world today, like a successful career or an extravagant house or an expensive car. It's easy to get sidetracked, isn't it? That we uh, chase after the latest computer, the sport, the hobby, or even our children can be a distraction. Thinking that this, is, this type of success will give you strength and courage to help you in difficult times. Well, the money might help pay for a massage when you're stressed out and you need something to help. But actually, does it help in the long haul? We're going to need a lot of massages sometimes if we've got lots of difficult times ahead. <laughs> and although that sounds very appealing, um, we, we can't always afford to do that. <laughs> so Joshua didn't know how many trials he was going to face in life and the battles he was going to face. But God's word of encouragement to him, that number two, was to obey his word, the Bible. So what does that mean? Well, it means... Don't let God's word depart from your mouth. Talk about it. Talk about it to your friends. Talk about it to each other, your family. Let it be something on your lips. So secondly, meditate on it day and night. Read the Bible and let those things really sink into us. Really let it be part of our, our inner being because um, it's part of who he is and therefore part of us. And thirdly, be careful that we do everything written in it. 
obey and do it. So if there are things that we're doing that aren't in line with God's word, then let's sort it out. Let's repent. Let's say sorry. Let's get turn away from it and get close to your dad again. His strategies for each one of um, the difficult times that came. Sorry, I'm just checking. I've got my numbers wrong. It's the promises of God and the words of the Bible that give us the strength and encouragement. To have courage requires encouragement, and God puts us in the church to be that support for each other. But sometimes the only way to encourage you is God. And David is a great example of how he did that. Um, he spoke into the, all the struggles and difficulties that he had with God. And he really had those intimate times with him, which really gave him the courage then to fight the giant, to face the difficult times that he had upon him. People spoke of stoning David in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. And yet in the same verse it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. The ability to strengthen comes when we spend time with God. We've got to draw close to him so that we can have the strength to do these things. In these times, it will be easy to become bitter sometimes, even with our friends, for not noticing the fact that we're doing difficult things. But actually, the fact that it is they haven't failed you, that's not the truth. The fact is that we have to watch over our heart and make sure that we're diligent, that it, it's... Um, <coughs> sorry, Proverbs <coughs> 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows springs of life, so we need to steward our hearts because from this one place springs and starts life. Thank you. So what happens internally happens externally as well. Oh, crash. Clunk of the glass. That will sound good on the recording, won't it? <laughs> Cheers. Okay. <laughs> So, and thirdly, it talked about being strong and courageous and don't be terrified or discouraged because God is always with you. <coughs> Joshua fought many battles and gave him strategies, each one of them, like going into Jericho where he ordered the musicians to walk around the boundary seven times and on the last trumpet, the walls fell down. And Jericho was taken. And God's going to do the same for us. He's going to give us strategies to manage the battles that we face. We don't know what those strategies are sometimes, and they might come through a friend. But he is going to give us strategies to help us. And like he did with Sarah, you know, things came into place, and there were strategies now that are in place to help her manage difficult times. It doesn't make it easy. That's not, the, that's not the issue, but it's having the strategies to do life and to survive, I suppose, is the bottom line. But actually, in life, there's many things that make us afraid and discouraged and depressed. Fear and discouragement can be two of those barriers from stopping us moving into the promised land and into the calling on our life. Fear keeps us in the desert and stops us moving forward. Nelson Mandela says... Courage isn't the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who doesn't feel fear, but one who conquers the fear. 
So we can often be robbed of life because of the battles and fear that we face in our lives. The enemy is robbing us of joy, peace and fulfillment and a sense of worth. Are we actually prepared to be robbed? The world says, face your fears and you will conquer it. But the Bible says, yes, face your fears, but because I am with you, we don't have to do it alone. The father reassured Joshua in the same way. Do we know our heavenly dad enough to say, he's for me and he's not going to fail me? One of the hardest things is walking through that fear for the first time, whether it's writing an essay, playing in a sports team for the first time, inviting someone for dinner even, entering a competition, talking to a stranger, or even giving a talk. So let us be the women of risks and firsts. I heard a TED talk this week which talked about how most girls are taught to avoid risk and failure, to smile pretty, play it safe and get all A's. But boys on the other hand are taught to play rough, climb to the top of the monkey bars and jump. They're prepared to take a risk. It goes on to say that men will apply for jobs if they meet 60% of the qualifications, but women will only apply for jobs if they meet 100% of the qualifications. So maybe girls are raised to be perfect and boys are raised to be brave. And maybe this is one of the reasons why the representation of women in senior positions is disproportionate. She went on to say, let's be a people that encourages girls and women to take risk, not because they're sweet, and perfect but because they are loved for being courageous isn't that a wonderful statement let us love one another for being courageous for stepping out especially when your friend says I know that's hard and you've done it well done because actually you're actually fulfilling part of your calling because it's recognition of walking through fear um, our bravery and risk-taking may grow as we find courage and strength in him. God also told Joshua not to be discouraged. Most of us feel discouraged when things don't go to plan, that their expectations have been squashed, or when you keep trying at something and you keep failing. After a time, we feel discouraged. They're all very real Moses had died and leaving Joshua behind in charge. But the fact is that sometimes when we lose people, um, it's the most challenging time. Um, I lost a good friend, a kind man, my brother, to cancer when he was 42. I was really disappointed with the outcome. If I didn't say that, it would be a lie. And it was a really tough time. And I still don't understand it, and I still walk with it, um, and I still miss him. But my encouragement is that I can lean on my dad. Um, he said he's going to always be with me, he'll never leave me. Um, and the other encouragement he gave me was that he became a Christian before he died, and so I'll meet him again in heaven. So dis disappointment can lead to discouragement. And discouragement may look different in different ways. It might also look like financial strain, health issues, depression, abuse or persecution. 
Life doesn't always turn out the way we expect it. And God's goodness doesn't change. His encouragement to us is to be strong and courageous. In Romans 5, oh, where am I? Here we go. Romans 5, it says, Rejoice in suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us. What a reassurance that bit is. Because he has poured out his love into our hearts. So the hard stuff builds character. And that is God's character. The hard stuff is building God's character in us. We draw close to him and see him work it out. But then character builds hope. Meaning trust. Jesus is our hope. He's the one we look to that we don't run from when life gets tough. We can trust him when the stuff we can't work out, with the stuff we can't work out or understand. Maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with persevering through hard stuff. So let us look upwards to the eyes of Jesus. Adjust our expectation on him. Learn from our defeats. Build friendships with one another. But be prepared to do things alone with a depth in God. Let us be overcomers and of good cheer, which has been the root, which is the root word for courage. We need courage to move out of slavery, to face the things that may be holding us back from knowing our calling. We sometimes have to look to our dad for healing. Maybe it's fear that's stopping us from knowing our identity. Maybe it's um, that we've known the hurt and disappointment too, and we need to know God's comfort and our dad's comfort. Maybe we need just to draw close to him because life is tough and we're wanting a breakthrough. But be assured that Jesus has the victory. He has overcome the world. Joshua's response to these three, be strong and courageous, was, people, let's get supplies ready. We're leaving in three days. So let's going to be women that are ready that we're ready to face difficult times because we've got a toolbox. We've got things on our heart that God has given us. He's given us promises. He's given us words to stand on. And let us be women that go through hard times in the strength of knowing who he is and not who we are because we crumble at things. And that's normal and that's okay. But our strength comes from God.